Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Market upheaval has caused great panic and uncertainty for investors. We're going to turn now to the co-founder of Cyquation, CEO Michael Bremen, joining us. Cyquation is an analytical tool designed to provide traders with actionable insights powered by AI. Michael, welcome to Money and Me. So if we start with the Australian markets, uh, there was a, a chance that Australian shares would tank even further, but we've seen a, a rebound, haven't we? Over in Australia? Yeah, indeed we have, Michelle. Hi, and thanks for inviting me again. Um, yeah, we've seen a little bit of a rebound. Uh, I think it's in line with the rebound we actually seen in the U.S. futures on the S&P and the Dow. they up roughly in the same, you know, just over 3%. So um, that, that is after a massive sell-off yesterday where um, Australian markets were down, call it 10%. So, I mean, yesterday was a massive day in the markets. And how's the Australian? How is the Australian dollar doing? Oh, it's tanking, to put it in in blunt terms. Um, it's it's down this year. I think the number is twelve percent already. So there's been a significant weakening in in the Australian dollar. All right. So Cyquation helps traders powered by actionable mm-hmm. insights driven by AI. I wonder what what sort of behaviors are you seeing with investors on your platform, for example? How have they been responding to the economic downturn? Mm, okay. So our, our platform is mainly retail traders and they leverage traders. So trading with, you know, mod, CFD. So there's a fair amount of margin or leverage in their trading. And um, not unexpectedly, we've actually just uh, did a, a little nas- analysis looking at the performance pre the 19th of February and the performance post 19th of February. And basically, um, we've seen double the amount of traders that typically blow up in a month blow up. So, yeah, it's been pretty devastating. Goodness me. All right, let's turn to the macro picture. The U.S. has cut benchmark rates by a full percentage point near zero. How significantly do you think this is, how significant is this going to be in terms of impact on markets? Yeah, well, th- this is really interesting because I think the central banks now have themselves snookered into a little bit of a corner here because that effectively brought interest rates now down to zero across the board. Um, uh, almost no central bank out there has got any, you know, uh, it's they're almost all down to zero. And you saw even though the Fed made that big move on Sunday um, with that emergency meeting, and the market still sold off heavily, one of the biggest down days in U.S. history. So mm-hmm. um, I, think the, I think what the market is saying and realizing with what's going on in the world that um, the central banks, the monetary authorities are not going to be able to solve the you know the coming economic crisis that's coming from the coronavirus. So um, monetary policy alone is not enough. It's going to need government intervention, fiscal stimulus of a of an order. I don't think any of us have seen prior. So th- these are pretty historic times. So in terms of what it's going to take to calm market, it's more liquidity, it's more coordinated program, and everything hinging on finding a vaccine, in your opinion? Yeah, I, 
you know, let me let me say it like this. I think no one, including myself, really knows what they what, what they can make a forecast with any degree of high certainty yet. Neither the central banks, neither politicians, neither can market forecasters. And I think what needs to happen is there needs to be a little bit more coordination. I mean, there's there's lots of there's lots of talk around flattening the curve when they're referring to this coronavirus from spreading at the yeah. dramatic rate it's already spreading. So mm. people are asking for 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 action, and and it, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of moving parts here, and it's very easy to create further panic because maybe government authorities are not doing enough. I know there's big calls in the U.S. to lock things down and really get on top of it. The same in Australia. They haven't closed schools here or in the U.S. And, and um, you know, th- that's a breeding ground for the virus. And, yeah, I th- I, th- this is going to be a slow, long pro- process. I don't think we're going to have um, – I think we're going to reach a bottom anytime soon. The, the markets were at historic levels, very overvalued. Now they've got on top of being overvalued – that had nothing to do with the coronavirus. Now they've got a, a, a you know pandemic to deal with. It's having dramatic effects. I mean, I, each day I think we we come into new examples where this is going to impact on on people's livelihoods. There's going to be, you know, the, the, I, I, I mean, I'm sounding like a real prophet of doom, but I'm just trying to be real. And um, I think you know we we're really going to see it. Small businesses, um, private entrepreneurs are going to be without work and and yeah this is going to put pressure on on banks balance sheet or you know loans because people have borrowed money at record levels and it's going to be hard to pay that back when you don't have a, a job so yeah i think th- these are th- these are difficult times and it's going to take a long time to sort its way out it's not going to happen soon in my opinion what does this mean for investors? Is it time, if, if they've never been part of the stock market, is it time to spectate, sit back, or time to participate? Yeah, I mean, the, my advice would be like this. And I'm, I mean, I, as I said before, it's it's a little bit of navel-gazing. Yeah, I don't know for sure, but just based on my understandings of the way the markets work, um, I think any rallies we see now are an opportunity to get out of your positions or to let's say lighten your positions mm. um, in the stock market i don't think this is the time to jump in and buy the dip as it's you know as it was referred to and was very successful until it wasn't and um on the other hand i would say for people who are new and new to the markets and don't have a lot of money tied in this is going to present possibly once in a generation type of investing opportunity. So I would say like this is that on further weaknesses mm. or on further weakness to slowly accumulate quality blue chip shares, come into the market slowly, put your put your money to, to work. But when I say slowly, I mean really slowly. I think we could be bottoming for at least another year. And mm. you know, within that year, there's going to be rallies and, and, and then fall-offs. And people, as it's rallying, people are going to say, it's, uh, the, you know, the bottom's in. You need, to, you, know, you need to climb in, back up the truck, jump in, invest all your money. Uh, I, I would say that's a, a very dangerous move. I think if, you, if you're young, you've got a good job, and you don't you don't think you're going to need the money in the next 
you know, five to, well, let's say five to ten years, you could start slowly accumulating. But personally, I, I think if, you, if you're very invested in the market, you should be looking at rallies to lighten up. In terms of asset allocation, Michael, how could one look at mm-hmm. and think of structuring a defensive play? It's really difficult now because you, you've got, you know, the, the one asset class that has rallied has been the treasury or bonds. Mm-hmm. So they, they've rallied and it's it's hard to recommend somebody to invest in an instrument that's yielding nothing or you have to pay the government you know to borrow from from it so um so it, it's very hard for me to say it's sound to you know move your money from equities or a big portion of your money from equities and put it in bonds which is the safe haven now that's interesting because um you would think the other safe havens would be gold um which Gold has has also sold off since this rally. Um, in, uh, initially, it, it picked up, but it's it's down from the February um, from the February nineteen highs. Gold is is currently six and a half percent down. Um, the other one that the other asset class that everyone was hoping would be the safe haven with all this printing of money mm. was Bitcoin, right. and it. It has not proved to be the case. So, I mean, this has been the biggest disappointment for for me personally. I mean, I haven't been invested in Bitcoin, but Bitcoin from the, the equity highs is down 48%. So, it just behaves like another asset, like another equity. Unfortunately, it it hasn't proven to be this safe safe haven investment. So, in to come back to your initial question, I guess the the, the answer has been cash. Where's the best place to put your money is being to have a a very large portion of your money in cash. I guess also uh, we haven't seen the sell-off in in real estate yet because um, the market has run hard, especially with interest rates so low. So Mm -hmm. and people have jobs. You know, employment has been at at record highs or unemployment at record lows. So people have been able to borrow money. um, They've been able to service very large debt, which has driven property prices very high. But uh, I think that's going to be the next asset class to drop because in time you'll see there'll be a lot of unemployment increasing and people will just not be able to service the debt. And with that will come uh, a lot of selling. So I I am sounding like a property of doom and I actually do think we're into really, really tough times ahead. Yeah, these are grim times. Here in Singapore, uh, we're waking up to news that uh, our closest neighbour, Malaysia, has announced a drastic two-week lockdown in the country to Mm -hmm. slow the spread of COVID because of a sharp spike in the number of cases there. Uh, How do you think shutdowns we're seeing across the world are going to impact market confidence? You know, I think think it's going to flame it because when you're locked up, um, you... You you know you're in a confined space and you get all this you you start to go stir crazy and then you start looking at social media and and you focus on all this doomsday type of scenario. So just to give you an anecdote in Australia this morning, hmm. um, Woolworths, the the national the largest national uh, supermarket chain, said that they have they were selling seven weeks of toilet paper per day. That, so what would typic, what they would typically take seven weeks to to sell, they are doing per day, mm-hmm. and that's just a 
that's just trying to highlight how irrational or the panic has set in. People, mm-hmm. And they've also just announced um, the other uh, Lord Coles, which is another national supermarket chain, has stopped home deliveries except for the elderly. So um, with with the lockdown, I think this is going to have even a bigger impact on the markets because people will just see that they're not earning and start panicking and start thinking, oh, my God, you know, we've got all this, all these expenses to pay and, you know, the school fees are still there, the mortgage is still there and I'm not earning. Or is the company I'm working for going to be around a month, two months, three months from now? So, yes, um, my, my doomsday continues. All right. There have been closures in stock exchanges over in the Philippines, you know, taking the drastic measure. Do you think that we could see more stock exchanges follow suit? And what impact could this have on the global economy should that happen? Yeah, I, I think we will see more of that. And, you know, on a small level, you see some exchanges have banned short selling. So they don't want to add fuel to the fire. So they, you know, they've kind of building in all these circuit breakers. We, you know, we experience these circuit breakers. We, we've experienced it with um, the, the S&P futures having um, 5% daily lockdown limits when when the markets are closed. Um, what, what it does, though, I, I'm a free marketeer, so I don't like the idea of, of, of shutdowns because what it does do is it creates further uncertainty. You don't know what the fair value is mm. because... Um, there is no means of exchanging where you can see what what people are willing to pay for something. However, in times of panic, people are irrational. So, is it a is it a sensible thing to you know create these these um, breaks so that you can kind of catch a grip? Possibly yes. You know, I'm I'm speaking against my free market in principles there and saying may, maybe it's not a bad thing, but but for how long? Um, I think there's got to be sen- you, one's got to be sensible about it. It can't be for weeks, but it may it may be that people might close the markets for a couple of weeks. Uh, locally, analysts here have downgraded their ratings for banks uh, following the Fed's mm-hmm. emergency rate cut. How do you think uh, COVID nineteen is going to impact the banking industry? Certainly not immune to um, all the cancellations and the internal disruptions. Many people have been working remotely, but what, what do you think this where we are right now means what does it mean for banks? Well, the big banks, firstly, I'd say like this is that the, the Fed or the central banks have their back. You know, there's going to if if you're talking about a a, um, a, a developed country where there's a, a sound central banking system, um, the banks will probably be bailed out if if things got really bad. So putting that aside, um, the banks will still be under pressure because I, I can see it. You can see that um, corporate debt has sold off just like the equities, while treasuries and, and you know, government bonds have, have have strengthened. The corporate debt market has has sold off quite significantly. So what it's telling you is that there's going to be a rush of um, corporate bankruptcies, which you know obviously with record, the, the I think the U.S. corporate balance sheet is the most leveraged it's ever been. So there's a lot of corporate debt out there. Uh, it's with a US-centric mindset, but it, it spills over to the other uh, large economies as well, where there's big corporate debt. So you're going to see banks, um, you're going to see banks feeling the pain because of, the, of of defaulting loans. But also, what's very interesting, 
and this is this is kind of what we've seen with this monetary policy approach when when you get down to zero um the banks are struggling to actually find people who want to borrow anymore because pretty much people have borrowed as much as they they can and they they don't want any more debt so you just seen yeah interest rates have effectively gone to close to zero obviously um if you're a corporate you'll pay some sort of a premium on top of that but but the 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 businesses don't want it they don't want the money mm. um mm-hmm. so so therefore the central banks are having less effect you know for every rate cut well they ha- they're having to cut more and more to stimulate the G- GDP growth. So it's having less and less of an effect on the economy, the cutting of rates, and, and there's no more way, there's no more place to go. But it doesn't mean there's not going to be this quantitative easing where they start to buy, um, they buy government debt to create some liquidity into the system. Before we let you go, Michael, I just want to turn our attention to commodity markets. Oil prices also mm-hmm. suffered double-digit drops overnight. The price of a barrel of West Texas crude has fallen below 30 US dollars. Do you think it's likely that oil prices will continue to drop into the $20 range? Yes. Um, I, I personally, you know, look, you know, if you look at the technicals on the charts, the, the oil, oil looks horrible. And for some reason that I'm not fully aware of, there's this Russia and um, Saudi Arabia fight taking place. And, and I think I saw in the Wall Street Journal overnight that that um, they are increasing the amount of barrels put under. There's, there's a, they can typically do, uh, I may be wrong with my numbers here, 12 million barrels a day, but they're now going up to 12 million, 3,000 uh, 3, barrels a day. Mm-hmm. So it, there's there's no cutback in supply. There's no demand because the world's reeling. The economies of the world are are now in trouble. So demand's dropping off, and as we just said, supply has probably even increased. So so yes, I think oil's coming down a lot further from where we are right now, which oh, will also have a, a dramatic effect on 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 U.S. banks' balance sheets and corporate debt market because I know that a lot of that corporate debt was was invested in the shale market where you know, those those companies are now under threat of survival and obviously won't be able to pay the, the debt back, their loans. So, yeah. Great insights as always. Thank you for joining us this morning. Michael Bremen is CEO and co-founder of Psyquation. Joining me here on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.